Welcome to the We Serve podcast of Government Policy, Real Estate, and You. I'm Liz Recchia, Government Affairs Director for the We Serve Association of Realtors, and this is your quick update for today. Waters of the U.S. As many of you might remember, waters of the U.S. were the words contained in the Clean Water Act referring to navigable waters the EPA could regulate. Over time, the meaning of navigable waters has changed from being waters that were actually navigable in 1871 to broadening in the 1972 passage of the Clean Water Act with the Army Corps of Engineers adopting a broader definition. The Corps' broadened definition in 1975 included mudflats, intrastate lakes, rivers and wetlands, streams and ponds, prairie potholes, and as many of you remember from the 1980s and 1990s, tire ruts. In 1986, the Corps further expanded its definition of waters it could regulate with a migratory bird rule, meaning the Corps claimed regulator power over any intrastate waters used as habitat for migratory birds. Yes, that would mean the EPA and the Corps could regulate the ponds in your HOA. The new definition also included ephemeral streams, storm drains, and drainage ditches. In Rapanos v. Army Corps of Engineers 2006, the Supreme Court noted that there is a limitation on scope in the Clean Water Act itself to mean streams, rivers, oceans, lakes. You know, at a minimum, a presence of water on a regular basis. The court mentioned that in prior decisions, navigable waters were open waters. In the Clean Water Act, it denotes differences in regulated water with the definition of point source being the origin of discharge into navigable waters. Therefore, point sources cannot be the same as navigable waters. The act goes on to charge states as the primary responsibility for prevention, reduction, and elimination of pollution of land and water resources not the federal government. Essentially, the Corps' broad definition meant it was able to determine land and water development across and within states. The court spoke to the Corps' interpretation as extending to the farthest reaches of the commerce power. In the Riverside Bayview Homes case, the court referred to a significant nexus between wetlands and waterways as one possible definition of where water ends and land begins meaning only wetlands with a continuous surface connection to a body of water so that it is difficult to figure out where the water ends and the wetlands begin. The Corps repeatedly maintained over the years that conservation in ecology should be part of the determination of waters. The Court roundly declared the benefits of conservation measures compared to cost in order to outweigh property rights was not for judges to decide and the majority went on to add it's not for appointed officials of the Corps of Engineers either. Justice Scalia penned the plurality decision. Justice Kennedy, in his opinion, mentioned significant nexus as a basis for deciding waters of the U.S. and wetlands under the Corps' jurisdiction. But the other four justices reasoned he was substituting the purpose of the Clean Water Act, cleaning up the waters of the U.S., for the text and essentially writing a new act. The court determined the Sixth Circuit applied the wrong standard to determine if wetlands are waters of the U.S. and remanded the case for further proceedings. In August of 2021, the U.S. District Court for the District of Arizona vacated and remanded for reconsideration the pre-2015 definition of navigable waters contained in the 2017 
Navigable Waters Protection Rule, and the 2020 definition of waters of the United States. Now the EPA has issued their revised definition of waters of the U.S., and the public comment period is open until February 7, 2022. You can read the proposed new definition and provide your input to the EPA through written comments. The new rule proposal is published in the Federal Register. You will find a more concise outline of the proposed rule on page 14. One line to read carefully is the line stating that the EPA and Corps will use both the permanent standard and the significant nexus standard to determine waters of the U.S. On page 24, the agencies argued the significant nexus standard advances the Clean Water Act, even though in the court decision, the majority sons Kennedy explicitly revoked that idea. Additionally, most of the remaining 54 pages rationalized using a conservation and ecology basis for the updated definitions, definitions based on the pre-2015 definitions, but with modifications. Just a few days ago on January 24th, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the case of Mr. and Mrs. Sackett for a second time. As some of you may recall, the Sacketts purchased a property to build their home on in a lake community. Even though their lot was not on the water, and there were several houses already built in the community between them and the water, the EPA informed them the house construction was a violation of the Clean Water Act and that their lot contained navigable waters in the form of wetlands. The EPA assessed them $75,000 per day until the lot was returned to its former state. The EPA denied review of the case, and as Justice Ginsburg noted, And if the owners want their day in court to show their lot does not include wetlands, well, as a practical matter, that is just too bad. Until the EPA sues them, they are blocked from access to the courts. The unanimous decision was that the Sacketts could sue the EPA. The court also pointed out that Congress needed to define waters of the U.S. and provide a reasonably clear rule regarding the reach of the Clean Water Act, and that also came from Justice Ginsburg. The Sacketts joined in the Rapanos v. Army Corps of Engineers case. They have now petitioned for the court to adopt the definition as described by the plurality in Rapanos. On January 24th, the Supreme Court agreed to hear the Sacketts case. The Sacketts case asked the question, did the Ninth Circuit set forth the proper test for determining whether wetlands are waters of the United States under the Clean Water Act? That docket number is 21-454. While most people don't know how important these cases are and the eventual reliable definition of waters of the U.S. and navigable waters is, for us in real estate, it is essential. Our clients can't be sure they can build a house, farmland, drive their recreational vehicles on their own land, or do anything else for that matter. Because you never know when the EPA will decide the tire rut with rainwater is a navigable waterway. Hopefully, we will know what a navigable waterway is and what constitutes waters of the U.S. by summer. Water in Arizona. On the other end of the federal agency mandates, rules, and penalties is local issues. Closer to home for all of us is local municipalities need to find new water sources. I'm not talking reclaimed water or gray water. I'm talking finding actual new sources of water and securing the water rights. I am increasingly seeing cities and towns hiring consultants or charging staff with finding other localities with excess water, securing rights to that water, and finding a way to get the water to where it needs to be.
It doesn't take a lot of imagination to see that water will become much more expensive in the near future and much more dear. We have seen cities like Surprise annex land to secure water rights, but now we are watching as landlocked cities try to find new sources of water too. Water is becoming much more local and going beyond the usual conservation model. In addition to local water issues, we are also watching at the state capitol to see what new legislation comes forth. We Serve Gummer Affairs has a water issues task force that already created the Water in Arizona flyer with links and basic information on water in Arizona. Now it's time to create smaller, city and town specific water task forces to look into local water availability issues and possibly come up with suggestions to engage with the municipality. But it also might mean we need to create water flyers for several local areas. Those information flyers would contain necessary information to provide buyers and sellers as to the state of water availability and resources clients can use to determine water in the city or town of their choice. If you would like to be on one of these local water issues task forces, please call or email me. Our task force usually gets the job done in 6 to 12 weeks, with most of our business being done over email. GAD Events You may remember one of the new laws from 2021 in Arizona was a significant change to the Homestead Act. On February 9th at 9 a.m., we will host a panel discussion with Mickey Garcia from Pioneer Title and Attorney Diane Drain. What do you and your clients need to know about the new Homestead Act? Join us for an hour on February 9th and ask your questions. Also on February 9th is our open forum and government affairs meeting. At 10.15, we will have an open forum to discuss issues of importance to you and your clients. At 10.30, we'll have our government affairs meeting. Join us in person at our Peoria office or over Zoom for any and all of these opportunities. The event is free, but we ask you to register so we know to expect you. All members of WeServe are welcome to attend the Government Affairs event, forum, and meeting. Coming on March 22nd is Coffee with Representative Lesko at our Peoria office. Go to WeServeGAD.org to find out more information and to register. You can find a full list of Government Affairs events and meetings at WeServeGAD.org. WeServeGAD, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.